0: Welcome to the Inside NC State Athletics podcast, powered by PNC Bank, the official bank of NC State University and Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Haynes and Jeff Grable. Holiday
1: greetings to all of you and Happy New Year. Yes, (laughs) 2021 is just around the corner. That's something to celebrate, and we will certainly do that here on Inside NC State Athletics, the podcast, which is powered by PNC Bank. I'm Tony Haynes, along with Jeff Gravely. We do urge you to show your NC State pride and apply for a PNC checking product and request the NC State University Bell Tower PNC Bank Visa debit card. You can make purchases anywhere. Visa is accepted, so visit the PNC Bank branch at Tally Student Union to learn more PNC Bank, official bank of NC State University Athletics. Visa is a registered trademark of Visa International Service Association and used under license. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. And today on this podcast, we're going to call it the top moments of 2020. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Jeff, thank you very much. I enjoyed it, <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. We, that we, was the shortest podcast ever.
2: We, we have uh, almost survived 2020.
1: All right, I read a study here over the weekend before we get started, Okay, and it suggests that people who sigh a lot, tend to be less depressed and happier in their daily lives. So you sigh, and it's, it's a very healthy thing. <laughs> so as we go along in this podcast, if you hear me sigh a couple of times, okay, it's not because I find your comments boring I or that, that I disagree with what you're saying. Okay, It's more of a, an exercise in self-help, and it truly will be self-help. As George Carlin liked to say, that if you go buy a self-help book, That is not (laughs) self-help. Somebody else is helping you. That's That's just plain old help. That's not self-help. That's true. You're asking somebody to provide the help for you. That's true. So let's not confuse the language, right? No.
2: And by the way, Tony, uh, the final podcast of 2020 is podcast number 30 Uh for us. 30 for us. So normally we try to associate a number with a former athlete, current athlete, to wear number 30. And... While he may not be the most famous to wear number 30, it's the first one that popped in my head, and that is a member of the 1974 National Championship team at NC State, Phil Spence, Mm -hmm. who uh, played here at NC State, won a championship. He's also a local guy, went to Broughton High School. He coached in the high school ranks in the area at Cary High School and at East Wake and was a head coach at North Carolina Central in the early 2000s. So I'm going to go number 30, Phil Spence. Prominent member of the
1: 74 championship team. Unfortunately for him, a lot of times he's best remembered for being in the wrong place at the wrong time and that. NCAA regional game against Pittsburgh when he was standing under the basket and only one six foot player in the history of basketball probably could actually trip over the shoulder of a six-eight guy but <laughs> that's exactly Thompson. what David Thompson did and <clears throat> we remember DT uh, flipped landed on his head they took him to Rex Hospital and uh, Everybody was worried that DT David Thompson may never come back play basketball again. But fortunately, later he got out of the hospital, head bandaged, showed up at Reynolds Coliseum, and they say the that may have been the yeah. They wild. said it was the loudest roar to, ever. To at quote Coliseum.
2: the great C. A. Dillon, we did a uh, Bob Holiday and I worked on a thirty minute special when Reynolds closed. It was called Reynolds Remembered, and two people we interviewed among the many that we interviewed were C. A. Dillon and Phil Spence uh, talking about great moments and. I'll never forget CA's quote about when David Thompson and and only the way CA could do it. He said the place just went wild. Mm-hmm. And then when we were doing the story with Phil, uh, we took him back to Reynolds Coliseum to the area in which uh, the injury happened to David Thompson. And I'll never forget Phil recounting that moment, many 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 years later, and. The, the sense of, oh, my, I'll never forget the quote when he just stood there with his hands held above his head, and he said, oh, my gosh, I have killed our superstar. Yeah. And Man. that was something that will always be with him, but so will that national championship ring for Phil Smith. Yeah,
1: he's got the ring, and he was a good player. He, and yeah, he was a, a perfect role player for a team that had, you know, three stars with David Thompson, Monty Tau and Tommy Burleson. Yeah. He, he understood his role, and he played that role. Very well, and uh, when I was first starting out my broadcasting career in those early days, uh, in the mid-80s, I was doing the high school basketball game of the week, and at that time, Phil Spence was the head coach at Cary High School, and we did some of their games and always enjoyed talking to him. So, yeah, Phil Spence. Good dude. Yeah. Uh, by the way, there are a lot of great athletes who either wear or wore okay number 30. I just pulled pulled up the list. There was a guy named Steph Curry. Yeah. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. Maybe the best shooter of all time. How about Nolan Ryan? Oh, yes. Yes. Nolan Ryan. Yeah. And I still remember Robin Ventura.
2: I was trying to think as many strikeouts and no hitters charging as Nolan Ryan had. It's that charging of the mound by Robin Ventura. And then Nolan just getting him in a headlong and just boom, 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 just. Get out of here, young fella.
1: Yeah, worst mistake Robin
2: Ventura ever made,
1: <laughs> exactly. that's for sure. Take on Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Really, a bunch of Hall of Famers wore number 30. How about King Griffey Jr.? Oh,
2: man, one of the best swings you'll ever see. Yeah, great outfielder, too. Yep. Bernard
1: King. Yeah. when And before his knees really got bad, I mean, he was a prolific scorer with the Knicks. One of the best scorers ever for a two- or three-year period in the NBA and played, you know, Alongside early Ernie Grunfeld, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. That cover of Sports Illustrated. Absolutely. Uh, Terrell Davis, running back, Denver Broncos.
2: Man, 30's a big number. And
1: you uh, you follow hockey closer than I do. Would it be Martine Brodeur? Yeah, that was There's a good a one. number 30. Yeah, there so you go. A lot long. of good 30s. A lot of good 30s. All right, we joke about it saying, okay, we're going to do the top moments of 2020. And initially, you laugh when you hear that. Sure. Top moments of 2020. What are you talking about? But if you reflect on NC State athletics, 2020 was actually a tremendous
2: year. Yeah, and could have been, as we said before, it could have been even bigger. If you look at the women winning the ACC championship for the first time since 1991, you had the continuing ACC championships won by the women's cross-country team the swimming and diving team, the men's swimming and diving team, the wrestling team, those are championships. Those are banners that you hang. As a matter of fact, it wasn't too long after uh, NC State women winning the the, NAS- uh, the uh, ACC championship that they had that banner up in Reynolds Coliseum. And it, it, it is standing sitting there right beside the other ACC championships. But then, you know, I think we, we applaud uh, the accomplishments, but also, too, I think there is a level of frustration among – Coaches, players, and fans of what could have been. Right. I know Westmore Moore felt like they could have made a run in the NCAA tournament uh, after winning the ACC championship. And you have talked to Elliott Aven about the success of their baseball team that they had with the inability to finish a season, that they had an opportunity to have a really good team that could have gone to Omaha.
1: Yeah, it's bittersweet, I think, for especially women's basketball and baseball because women's basketball, on one hand, you – Clip the nets in Greensboro, you win the ACC championship, and now you're immediately focusing on the next thing, and the next—that's the big thing, you know. Going to the NCAA tournament, you're hot at the right time, you feel like you got momentum, you got a shot, maybe to get yourself in a position to go to the Final Four, and then the rug is pulled under, pulled out underneath you because of COVID about about a week later, uh, and the baseball team's the same thing because uh, the Pack won its first 12 games, they were 14 and three when the rest of the spring sports were shut down completely because of COVID-19. And, yeah, Coach Avent, I spoke with him soon, not long after that, and he felt like it was one of his better teams. and So, yeah, it's bittersweet. They play well, but they never got a chance to see if they could win an ACC championship or maybe get back to Omaha. Now, to the credit of the women's basketball team, though, they've made headlines as a top story twice
2: in there 2020 go.
1: because now they've picked up right where they left off last yeah. year
2: and you know you you if you talk about moments obviously the win over florida state for the acc championship was a big moment but then we look at december when they go to number one south carolina and beat the gamecocks down in south carolina in a game that was just a slugfest it was it was not pretty basketball but it was uh, in the way in which the women's team won that game on the road. And I don't care if there were no fans or not. It was South Carolina. It was, uh, you know, they had a few fans that were there, but it was still the number one ranked team in the country. And you didn't have one of your key players as a starter, and you still find a way to win. Uh, the You know, Kayla Jones was fantastic in that game. So many big buckets. So, yeah, you got to give women uh, two of the top moments uh, of, the, of 2020 with the win over at south carolina and then the win over florida state to win the acc championship <sighs> there you go and and you know what I you gotta side. you got you, you gotta give men's basketball two moments too if you look at it all right <sighs> yeah. you gotta go back I'm They just beat. me get my size they, in they here. beat duke remember in 2020 when right duke was number six uh and then just recently they beat north carolina uh, so two wins in 2020, one over Duke and one over North Carolina well, in that, separate seasons. And
1: we get back to the whole bitter sweet aspect of all of this success. You know, I mentioned women's basketball, not getting an NCAA tournament. Baseball, not having a chance to finish a season. I think that day that the ACC tournament was shut down, we were all sitting there. Oh I remember gosh. said to the Greensboro Coliseum, man, I can't wait to watch this state Duke game yes because you know the pack had beaten them in in raleigh earlier in the year and nc state you kind of felt like here was surging late in the season Duke, very good basketball team we know that but state seemed to be at its best heading in the acc tournament played a great game uh, to start the tournament against pittsburgh so you're just thinking this might be the best game of the tournament here state and duke and we never got a chance to to watch that
2: one. You know, it's it's all about two handing out assists, Tony. And by the way, Harris Teeter is assisting you with groceries this basketball season. Each week, one winner will receive free groceries for every assist through the Big Four Grocery Assist sweepstakes. Visit harristeeter.com and look for the Grocery Assist sweepstakes section to enter. So I, I got to go back to the moment uh, at the ACC tournament when, uh, if you want to talk about moments of 2020, it is when the tournament shut down. And I'd stayed overnight uh, after the went over Pittsburgh, stayed at the team hotel, and my my role the next day was to do an interview with Coach Keats around noon before the game or 11 a.m. or so. And so I went down to the lobby uh, outside where the team meeting room was, and I, I sat there and waited. And I remember seeing Coach Keats walk around the corner. And the look on his face, he just kind of plopped down beside me, and he looked at me and he goes, we're not playing today. Mm and I got to go in and tell these guys this. And just the 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 look on his face, the the sound of his voice, it was, you know, we didn't know that the NCAA tournament was going to be shut down. So in his mind, he's thinking, well, maybe we still have some more basketball to play. But I just remember how disappointed he was and having to tell his team. And then when they filed out of that room one by one, there was just a lot of silence and, and puzzled looks on their faces and, mm-hmm. You know, they hop on the bus and come on back to Raleigh, and and their season was over. And you know, I don't, I don't know, unless you've experienced it as a player and a coach and and, and fan bases. I know it was disappointing for them too, but the fact that they've had to f- physically and mentally go through the shutdown of a college season is something I hope we never have to experience again. But it's something that will always be remembered for 2020.
1: And it was also sudden, you know. That oh. day, you didn't see it coming because no. I remember uh, getting to the Greensboro Coliseum early because actually Gary and I were going to do all four games that day, and we were actually on the air pregame show eleven thirty for the prior to the Florida State Clemson game. And you know, remember John Swafford, commissioner, held a press conference at right. about ten or ten fifteen fifteen, and he took questions. He said, "You know, we've decided not to have fans here now; only families of the players mm-hmm. and coaches. But right now, our plan is to continue playing." this ACC tournament, this, he, he said this is a fluid situation. He said that about 10 times, and boy, was he right because within the next two hours, two other conferences shut down their tournaments. We found out that an NBA player had tested positive, and about 12.15 that afternoon, about 15 minutes before Clemson and Florida State are going to tip, they shut it down. And, it, and you say to yourself, it shows you the difference in our perspective now compared to then we knew nothing about this virus right you know and it, at that time as far as we knew only two or three people in the state of North Carolina had actually well I don't know if you say tested positive because at that point there have, a well, wasn't then. a lot of testing right right but the news we were getting suggested that uh th- this is a problem and you know, Washington state up in the Seattle area, but we don't, we're not dealing with it here. It didn't even seem conceivable at that moment that you would stop a sporting event of this magnitude because of this virus that actually supposedly at that time, wasn't a problem in the state of North Carolina. Well, it shows you how ignorant we were at the time. And now, flash forward right now to the last week of 2020 we know so much more and our perspective on it's completely different and we understand that decision a lot better than we did back in the middle
2: of March and you know it was that's when the reality of the situation kind of hit when you sit there and and you're like we're going to postpone a tournament we're going to postpone NBA games and then all of a sudden we're not going to have the NCAA tournament I think that's when you started looking at it and you know, we are a little more educated now on COVID-19, but at the time, I think, you know, you can make a, make a great point. We really didn't understand the severity of it. But I think when you start – when sports starts to become kind of a place of reality, of the situation, then I think it affects – it impacts a lot more people. I think it, it impacts you a little bit more. You and I are sports people, We, but when we start to see things altering sports – That, I think, helps explain the severity of the situation. And, you know, to go through a football season two like we just saw, I think it's pretty amazing for NC State to – and this has got to be another top moment of 2020. We can talk about certain games, but I think the sheer fact that NC State football played 11 games, that's win number one. Win number two is the fact that you won eight of them. Win number three is the fact that two of those games were in dramatic fashion at Pittsburgh and here at Carter-Finley against Liberty.
1: I think we can all say about the decision to shut down the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, it was a smart decision, and on Mm -hmm. the subject of smart decisions and maybe being a little healthier overall, we can talk about milk and most specifically chocolate milk, Oh yeah, which we didn't know this either until we learned it recently, but... It is the original sports drink. I'll
2: believe that because it sounds yeah. good and tastes good. Yeah,
1: if it tastes good, you say it can't be a sports drink. But that's exactly right. what it was because before any sports drink was created, there was still chocolate milk. And part of the reason chocolate milk is such a good recovery drink is because it does have the perfect ratio of carbohydrates to protein for recovery. It's like a 3-to-1 ratio, 38 carbs to 12 proteins. Mm-hmm. So. You know, think about that a little bit. And we thank our friends from the Southland Dairy Farmers Association who want to remind you that milk is a part of everything that's good. Here, here, And, you know, you think about that. the top stories of 2020, just what you hit on NC State football, not only the record 8-3, and 7-1, and one, or uh, posting 7 conference wins, the ability to play a full season, finish the season on time. And all of these players – to a man, I'll tell you, it kind of started at the beginning of 2020. Before we even heard of COVID-19, yeah. they were coming off that painful 2019 season. Coach Dorn had overhauled his coaching staff, and he did so because, as he said, he wanted to create more of an atmosphere of positivity around the program. And it made an impact, clearly. It made an impact long before the first pass was thrown or a Bam Knight broke a tackle for a big run. You know, they went through the program early Mm -hmm. on in the Mm -hmm. offseason in January, and I think the process of putting together the season that we just watched, it actually began right at the beginning of 2020 because there were a lot of changes in this building where we sit right now, the Murphy Center.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I started in the athletics department on January 6, 2020, and one of the first things that we, you know, you go through the – the period of trying to figure out a new career, this, that, and the other. But the thing I'll never forget is Coach Doran called a lot of the faculty together uh, up in the team meeting room, and we sat there. And he spoke about the power of positivity. He said, I want everybody in this room to go through whatever we have to go through this year, but I want you to do it with a positive attitude. Our guys need that feedback. Our players need that feedback. Our coaches need that feedback. And for him to do that, you know, you knew he had already had these conversations and in a lot greater depth with the players and the coaches, but to do that with the faculty I thought was pretty powerful and it spoke a lot to me about where Dave Doran was in January. He he did not want to go through another year like he had last year, no one likes losing. We all get that. But he he made those changes, and those changes worked. Uh, so sometimes you make those changes, and they don't work. They continue to, to manifest and, and don't turn out. But the fact of the matter is, is the five new coaches that he brought in, the rotating door, uh, uh, the injury door that they had with a quarterback, offensive line, defensive backfield, they overcame a lot of those things, I think, because the power of positivity.
1: And remember, they had a shortened spring practice season. So ideally, when you've got a new coaching staff, you want to build that relationship between those coaches and the players and have a chance to do it actually on the practice field. Sure. And that was cut short. Yeah. And so you you think back to just spring practice. What is it? I think they had five Five practices. practices. You look at it through the uh, prism of – Spring practice being shut down, all the things that they had to go through just to get to this point where we sit here and they're getting ready to go to Jacksonville for the Gator Bowl. Going 8-3 and three was highly improbable. Agreed. Yep. And that's why Dave Dorn should be coach of the year. But
2: Missed it by that's, one that's vote.
1: That's another, uh, you know, yeah. that's another argument going down the road here. But uh, the obstacles, shortened spring practice. You get in in the middle of August, students return to campus. All of a sudden, the athletic department says because of COVID spikes, We're going to shut down all athletics activities Mm -hmm. for, I think it was, eight days. So football is in midstream preseason practice. That's unprecedented to actually just stop for eight days. And then they had to postpone their first game against Virginia Tech because of COVID. So you're sitting there at that point. What's next? Yeah. Well, then Bailey Hockman plays a couple of games Devin Leary takes over in the pit game, leads NC State to a come-from-behind victory, and say, oh, okay, well, you know, this team, maybe they have a chance. And then against Duke, Devin Leary gets hurt. So yeah. it's back to Bailey Hockman. And the obstacles that were faced and then overcome to get to 8-3 and three and 7-conference wins, it's really it's really a remarkable story. I don't know if a scriptwriter actually could— they're no. so imaginative to come up with something like that.
2: No, and, and you look at, at, at certain players. I thought Bailey Hawkman was tremendous to come in and, and with all of the, the swirling winds around him and, you know, he, he played well. I thought, you know, Bam Knight and Ricky Person played well. I thought we saw the emergence of Iki Aquanu, who became Mr. Pancake Man, uh, you know. And then you look on the defensive side and in his first year as a starter, Peyton Wilson leads the ACC in tackles and is a first-team all-conference performer. Uh, Aleem McNeil, who controlled the line of scrimmage as a uh, first-team all-conference player, earned All-American recognition. So I think uh, defensive backfield, when you see true freshmen having to play significant minutes at significant positions of defensive backfield, uh, it was just they kept answering questions. Question after question after question, and you talked about the Pittsburgh game. That was after the uh, the disaster at, at uh, Virginia Tech, and so and then Pittsburgh hits them with a seventy yard scoring strike, like the second play of the game. And you're like, oh boy! But again, what comes into effect? The power of positivity, and at the end of the game, produced one of the more dramatic moments of the season when uh, Devin Leary hit a Mecca Mezing. And then you turn to the the Liberty game. And by the way, you know, you look at if you if you sit here at the beginning of the season, you say, well, I think one of the bigger wins of the year would be the Liberty game. People look at you like you're an idiot. Are you kidding me? But considering Liberty comes in as hot as they were, there were some people on the staff that felt like Liberty felt like they were the Green Bay Packers of the 60s. They were rolling in here. All kind of confidence. Malik Willis hadn't thrown but one interception the whole year and comes in here and throws three. And the dramatic way in which you win that game on a block field goal uh, by Vi Jones, I just thought it was, uh, again, how you won that game uh, added to the to the complexity of the situation of 2020. But there were some beautiful moments in, on the football field this year by the Wolfpack.
1: Well, speaking of Liberty, Tim Peeler sent us this little tidbit mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. Liberty finished 10-1 and on the season, and its only loss, of course, as you mentioned, was NC State on November 21st. It's the fourth time in 110 years, and the first since 2006, that State has given an opponent its only loss. Mm. All right, The others, 2016 when uh, the Pack beat Appalachian State 23-10. to Also, uh, in 1944, NC State tripped up Virginia in Norfolk 13 to nothing. They played in Norfolk. I don't understand that one. Huh. Uh, Virginia finished 6-1 and 2, so they had two ties back then. And uh, here's a game that uh, a few of us do remember when <laughs> NC State – defeated Washington and Lee. That, too, was played in Norfolk, and that was on uh, November 27th, uh, 27th of 1913. Oh. Okay, Washington and Lee went on to finish 8-1 and one that season.
2: Maybe Howard Baum kept stats in that game. No, there's uh, no uh, doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> good stats there by Tim Howard Powell. Howard has really good memories of that game. That's true. So uh, I, I got to, before we continue our conversation about the, the wonderful things of 2020 in NC State Athletics, I got to tell you, I had a, a fun opportunity this past weekend. So uh, my daughter lives down in Moorhead City, and one of our Christmas traditions is that my mom and my daughter come to our house, Carrie. I will take both of them back home on Christmas Day. So I take Mom to Oxford, and then I'll take Megan back down to Atlantic Beach. So the f- the good thing about that is I got to see the ocean on Christmas Day and the day after Christmas, and it was just so peaceful. If you can just get a moment to, to look at the ocean and walk in the, in the cool, crisp air that is ocean air, then that's a really good day. And by the way, Ocean Air Realty helps Wolfpackers from the Triangle to the Coast accomplish their real estate goals throughout North Carolina. Serving more than a third of the state, our team of full-time real estate professionals are experts at buying, selling, relocating, and helping clients expand their investment portfolios visit theoceanairrealty.com com and start a conversation with us today. We have the experience you need to make your best move go pack. And it was a peaceful, easy feeling here in the ocean. <sighs> there you go. <laughs> That'll make you sigh. Another sigh. Another peaceful sigh. Eve. Pull out an
1: Eagles song, peaceful easy feeling. That's right. And get me going on the Eagles. That's hey, a, that's hey, another uh, podcast. You know, uh,
2: There was another moment that I got to do. Uh, I got to share a family moment with you. Uh, There was uh, one Friday night. I told my wife, I said, honey, we're going to go watch NC State Wrestling. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, we're going to Reynolds to watch NC State Wrestling. Okay. She goes, I don't know anything about it. I said, well, we're just going to go. We're going to experience it. It'll It'll be good. The wrestling team's really good. They're playing North Carolina. We get to Reynolds Coliseum. And the place is absolutely packed. Mm -hmm. The energy in that building that night was something to behold. And at one point, uh, my wife looks at me and she goes, I don't know what the heck I'm looking at, but this sure is fun to watch. And I think that was one of those moments that if you look back at 2020, it wasn't just the ACC championship uh, that the wrestling team won, but that night in Reynolds Coliseum, that comes down to the last bout in the heavyweights with Deontay Wilson getting uh, the points needed to clinch it. The place just erupted, and it was one of those Reynolds moments that I think we can put down and say that was a great moment. And considering it happened in 2020, that was a great, great moment.
1: Yeah, Reynolds is a great atmosphere. It doesn't matter what sport's being played in there. We most associate it with basketball games. But when you got a wrestling program like NC State, yeah, there's going to be a lot of interest and people are going to show up to watch and, and uh, see what's going on with that. I, I guess we should end on this note. Maybe this is the most important thing to mention here as we close out 2020. And this, too, is incredibly impressive considering that, you know, all learning on campus was virtual. Gosh. For the fall semester. Yes. And we just learned that NC State athletes fin- finish collectively with a 3.1 GPA.
2: Huge Unheard accomplishment. Yeah. That is. And, you know, I, your point, I think, is a great way to kind of close out 2020. Uh, we've all had our dark days and f- trying to figure out what we're going to do career-wise. But let's think about the coaches, the athletes, the uh, trainers, the the Sports medicine people that have had to alter everything just to compete, just to play, uh, just to practice. And I don't think that can go uh, unnoticed, that the sacrifices that have been made in this year uh, for us to have sports to watch. And I've said that more than once throughout this year. Just thank goodness they're playing.
1: Here, here. And that's a good way to wrap it up. This has been Inside NC State Athletics, the podcast powered by PNC Bank. You're going to get through this last week of 2020, and we start anew with a new year on Friday. But this is a busy week for NC State Athletics. Got the basketball team, men's basketball team, hosting Boston College Wednesday night. 8 o'clock will be the start time. And, uh Listen in on the network as we open up our pregame coverage at 7 p.m. Women's basketball carries an 8-0 no record to Georgia Tech on Thursday. And then let's see if Dave Dorn's football team can finish with a ninth win going up against the Kentucky Wildcats Saturday at the Gator Bowl. And we'll have full coverage on the network at 10 a.m. Thank you, Jeff. <sighs> <laughs> You've been listening to the NC State Athletics podcast powered by PNC Bank. Talk to you next time. Next year.
0: This has been the Inside NC State Athletics podcast. Powered by PNC Bank, the official bank of NC State University and Athletics.